0: You are now listening to a new episode of Canadian Growers, hosted by Matt and Tiffany Whitney. Hey growers, on today's episode we're going to do it a little bit different. We have a guest with us, Lupe, she's a beginner gardener, it'll be her first year growing in a raised garden bed, so she's going to ask Matt and I a few questions.
1: All right Lupe, Um, I think we should just get right into it and um, I guess just rapid fire it.
2: Yeah. So this is my first year gardening, which is really exciting Welcome to
0: the gardening community. Yeah,
2: but it's very intimidating mm-hmm. and um, and I'm just really excited for just to get some tips and tricks from you guys. So first question is the placement of the garden box that I have. I have a south facing backyard, but I have spruce trees, so I know that I can't put something like the garden box closer to them so where would be the best placement like away from obviously spruce trees or Mm -hmm. closer to a different tree or where would be the best
1: okay that's a great question Mm -hmm. um I would say in that is first off like the size of box you have like four by eight uh, for mm-hmm. like an average person's wingspan, they can typically get in about you know two feet into the center. So like mm-hmm. two feet from one side, go on to the other side, two feet. Right. And so being not too close to a wall or being close to an obstacle that makes it difficult to um to be able to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. So that is uh that's pretty important in that aspect.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sweet. And I have a south facing backyard, so that's gets a lot of sun and everything. So yeah, that's that fortunate. Is, yeah. Super lucky. Um, next question. What material can I use to fill up the garden box for best results for like to prevent root rot, but also help with aeration? What can I use best?
0: Okay. I would start with Cause you're going to put it on top of grass, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So to prevent weeds and anything coming up, I would recommend a lot of people or a lot of, of our customers have used that landscape fabric. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily recommend it. I recommend starting with just some cardboard. So fill the bottom layer of your box with cardboard. And then on top of that cardboard, we filled ours with about a quarter of branches, leaves some old tree stumps like because we obviously cut down all the trees we had a lot of wood around so we fill it about a quarter and then we use aged manure to fill probably a huge portion of it and then we top dress the top six inches with we used analita gold plus which Mm -hmm. has about 18 essential minerals I think and it has yeah, more than that oh. it has like
1: 40 mixes in it like it has a bunch of different yeah. stuff yeah
0: so that's what we we use in ours but you can always like start with like a garden mix from your local greenhouse or landscape company um if you can get your hands on age manure that always is one of the best but or annalita gold products mm-hmm. sweet
1: I want to add on that too, is like the theme with that as well is, um, circle economy or reusing, reduce and recycle. Yeah. So like, for example, if you've got cardboard that you've been collecting, you know, over the year, getting into the garden season of 2022, mm-hmm. and you were to collect all, you know, those Amazon boxes, Costco boxes, yeah. um, things yeah. that you kind of, yeah. you would just put to the landfill, right? Yeah. It, it is uh, the overarching idea that now, you can use this and give it a second life. Yeah. And then same thing with the branches. Like if you're doing yard cleanup or whatever okay. or um, things like that, you're able to now put that into the garden. And then as far as the manure and aged well, the manure, um, it's a lot of cases that people just kind of, you know, hill it up and then just kind of forget about it. But that is yeah. really good biomass because the animal has done the first work. You know, yeah. they've eaten it. It's gone through the, dig- yeah. the digestive system yeah it's been excreted i don't want to use any bad words yeah. but it's now manure and um and now it's been aged the heating process has been put through like it's, it's been done right because you don't want to use new stuff if you do it yeah. it's just gonna trash. it's just gonna burn your um it's gonna burn your um your crop and stuff yeah. like that and you know why you- is that because of. Because there's a, a com- there, yeah. you know, there's a there's a chemical process in which, like, for example, for composting is you need it to that the heating of you mm-hmm. know, the biomass to be, um, you know, with the well aging is that when it does get heated up and you, you mount it up, that it allows um, that process to I don't know what the connect, uh, proper wording is, but it allows it to uh, go through that cycle. I suppose okay. and if you if you don't do that and you put new fresh stuff mm-hmm. um it'll it'll just burn your plants and you won't get the type of uh results that you're looking for okay.
2: so yeah It's just more which does answer my next question which is the best soil and amendments for growing vegetables so that's great to know yeah that those would be best case scenario mm-hmm. but then also do you use any sort of um, chemical, not chemicals, obviously, but products for pests, since that's a huge thing with gardening and yeah. even with plants themselves, right? Is there any sort of like flowers that you could use for pests that could prevent them from coming in? So, or? yeah,
0: as organic gardeners, we kind of use flowers, like marigolds, mm-hmm. I use there's certain herbs even like yes. rosemary a lot of mint deters a lot of pests and then when we have had problems with slugs one year yeah we use just fill a little container with beer oh and they okay go after that instead of your crops mm-hmm. so just like wow things like that and then with the ants we had ants one time and we use apple cider vinegar and icing sugar just made a little dish and then they yeah. go after that and it kind and and baking soda in it too because then that expands in their stomach and wow good yeah. to know
1: um another thing to touch on too is um like the cat um cabbage moth is is a bear in a mm-hmm. sense that it's it's a devastator you know it goes after uh cabbage broccoli leafy greens, leafy yeah. greens and things Pale. like that yeah uh, kales and uh, another yeah. example so um i would say like for us we what we've done is we we basically made like um a little house type thing with PVC pipe mm-hmm. and clipped on um like mosquito net white mosquito net. So now the um cabbage moth can't actually get on to Plans. the plant the and devastate and you know lay the eggs and, and um you know devastate your crop. So I would say in in the pest situation is um react as quickly as you can when a pest becomes a problem mm-hmm. react but don't try to put chemicals or stuff on that as a first deterrent yeah i would say and also too i don't i'm not really a believer in um i try to we just try to yeah. stay away chemicals as, as best we can oh, absolutely. in some cases it's just picking off the off the um the the bug as well like for example like the I remember one year when we weren't using the little house thing, we were squishing the little, the little Rays, eggs on e- each on each one, and that was over. that became a bear. That it ended up we
0: butt. couldn't keep
2: up with it, and no. we just ended up losing that yeah.
1: crop. Because once
2: the yeah. bug gets in there, and see you yeah. later. If you don't just jump on it, yeah. Immediately.
0: Yeah. So like one thing too is like with gardening, is like daily. You gotta check on everything. Of course. Right? Yeah. You can make sure There is no pests. And, Like there is a lot of beneficial insects that you want to mm-hmm. to have in your garden that yes. will also keep them away.
2: For sure, bumblebees. Yes, they're also very cute. So yes. I want <laughs> multiple. Yes, things.
0: yes, definitely need bumblebees to help you pollinate.
2: Yeah, and which will give you good fruit too. Mm-hmm. Yes, amazing. All right. Um. So I have an eight by four garden bed, and what would be the amount of vegetables that I could plant in a box like that.
0: It's like, in some ways that's a loaded that right.
1: totally yeah. question. Right. Because,
2: because depending like, on like the vegetables yeah. that I'm looking for too. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. right. Depends what you're trying to get
1: out. I would like to add to that actually, because I think um, I've, I've run into this question with clients asking me and usually what I tell them is, Ultimately, you have to do your research of what you want to eat and grow what you eat. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people like to experiment and, you know, sometimes get outside the zone of where they're in. Like we're zone 3A, 3B. So like sometimes people are picking stuff that is just not in the realm of what you can do. Yeah. So that's something to consider for sure. Um, But in the growing aspect of like, you know, you have a a plot of four by eight. I would say um, research square foot gardening. So, okay. like for example, a tomato typically takes like a foot, a foot and a half of space. Like they bush out quite a bit. So, um, and then carrots that you can sew them in really, really tight. That's just the difference. So yeah. I would like say
0: onion like, or like yeah, like
2: stuff like that too. It depends what you're growing and what you want to eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which does bring me to the next question. What since it's my first time, I want to be able to harvest this yeah. year. And it is my first time and I don't I don't want to fail. But you know, it's okay if I do yeah. because that means that I'm learning, right? Right. What do you think would be the five to ten easiest vegetables to grow for first time gardeners? I know that is also a loaded question it because is, there but is a, there lot, is a but lot of There is a
0: lot of cause like we kind of said too, is like with your first year growing You want to grow things that you're actually going to eat and that you can harvest and enjoy and don't be discouraged. Mm -hmm. A lot of gardening is experimenting and learning from your mistakes. But the first year, like, I would say some herbs because, like, herbs you can add to a lot of things. Like, so you want, like, dill, parsley, basil. Those are always good ones. Yeah. Um, You could do zucchinis. Zucchinis grow fantastic here. You
1: you grow a zucchini plant. You can feed a family for sure. Perfect. (laughs) Share it.
2: Love zucchinis.
0: And then like another good one is lettuce, like romaine or iceberg or Mm -hmm. butter crunch, whatever's your favorite. So you know you're going to be using it. You get those more quickly so you can use it daily for dinners or weekly. Radishes. Mm -hmm. Radishes on average, take about 30 days to harvest so sometimes you can get multiple poles of radishes throughout the year Ooh. carrots are like take the whole season okay
2: mm-hmm.
0: um you can do beets if you eat beets beets Love will be a beets. good yeah. one amazing what about any beans? beans yeah okay beans are, yeah beans.
1: in your situation i would say like looking into uh, bush, bush beans bean. bush yeah. Bean, yeah so
0: there's bush beans are like small little bushes essentially and yeah. then pole beans are the beans that will grow up and you'll need to like some of trellis or vine yeah. oh, for it okay. gotcha. so bush beans would be great to to start with and maybe even some peas but then again you kind of need the trellis right for them to grow up and even cucumbers you could grow a bit and just let them vine out on the side too you am mm-hmm. gonna need more than just one box yeah, yeah. Oof. well you got you start with one and like, yeah with the one like and also too is like with this box are you wanting to just grow and eat this summer or do you want to try and
2: preserve a bit i mean both but at first because it is my first time i do just want to just experiment experiment this time around and see like how if i'm capable of doing it and like which vegetable i can keep up and so that's all from there. So, so it'd be good to do like the square foot gardening and just do like
0: one bean bush, one zucchini mm-hmm. and really like use the whole box to a disadvantage and see what you'd like totally. and try different things. Like even grow like golden zucchinis, Ooh. you know, and try different experiment that way because yeah. you already know you like zucchinis and you're going to get zucchinis this year. So like right. you can even try with a different variety
2: too. That's great.
1: Two things I want to point out as well is, um, looking into companion growing as well cuz certain yes. plants oh, don't actually that. like each other so that's something you have to consider right. you got to make sure that Didn't like
2: think about that yeah yes. so
1: companion gardening is a big thing and then the other thing is now you let's say you get into the 2022 season and you enjoy what you've done mm-hmm. and you're expanding into let's say your 2023 season yes um Winston actually we had him on a while a while ago and he made a really good point that was actually kind of quite profound to me was using the 80-20 rule. So 80% proven. So what you've learned from last year that you know that was a sheer sure success that you enjoyed, you ate, you know that you're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. And then 20% of experiments, something let's say you didn't do like a pepper plant this year and next year you want to try it. That's right. the, you know, putting that twenty percent effort into something new. Cause yeah. with gardening. I
2: like that. That's
1: yeah. That's, that's half awesome, the yeah. fun is like why I I find it so profound and why I enjoy gardening as much as I do and Tiffany as well, is is the um the achieving of different skills mm-hmm. and expanding on your skill set. Yeah. So Absolutely. I would say that would be yeah.
2: Absolutely. And it was also probably like trial and error at oh, the very beginning. a
0: lot. Of oh. course. A lot. Because the first year we didn't do the 80-20 roll. We kind of did <laughs> like 50-50. wall. <laughs> and then- it was,
1: <laughs> like, it mud was mud wall. overwhelming yeah. because we
0: had plants that like, we didn't know how to care for them or what right. they needed. The too pruning many aspect, yeah. And then like the ones that were proven, we were, weren't taking care of as much because we were trying to do all the experiment and the new things we were trying to grow. So like it's... We're now really sticking to that. Another another that. thing that
1: I just realized as well that's quite profound is some plants, like for tomatoes, they need a bit of care when it comes to pruning. So you have to um, take care of a plant and mm-hmm. let it, uh, for it to be, to fruit um, prolifically, yeah. you need to be able to, I find with tomatoes on a weekly um, basis is when I would go out there and I would, tend to the tomato plant so that's another thing to touch on
2: okay amazing so then that brings me to um the best flower for pollinators you said that there well there's multiple flowers right Uh but which ones would be the best to to also bring in to help Obviously the garden, but also look nice. My number
1: one would be sunflowers. I was just
2: gonna say sunflowers.
0: Okay. Honestly, like you can't go wrong. Yeah.
1: These, Music boxes are it. awesome. Yes. They keep coming, they're they're prolific as well. Yeah. Um there's other ones like is it the Russian Russian sunflower, the one that's like the big, the big stock sunflower. one? Okay. That one okay. that one's massive and it's I believe it's like later. I uh, don't hold me to this, but I believe it's later in the season. So there is some sunflowers that Come a little bit later in the season there's some that just constantly blooming so a variety of sunflowers let's say with different types that you know um with the pollinators like bees and stuff like that like um things that last later into the season are great because it allows them the pollinators like bees or honeybees to be able to get that pollen storage mm-hmm. uh, throughout the year yeah. because like at the beginning of the year they get that pollen fuzz right like the first thing of the year is yeah, poplar, poplar. Yeah. sorry yeah. what did I say
0: pollen fuzz uh, shoot. same <laughs> same
2: kind of po- yeah the, be- <laughs> the,
1: the, <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of
2: uh are they like easier to grow sunflowers yeah 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 they don't like they're pretty require... hard okay mm-hmm. hardy hardy, hardy. Yeah. <laughs> like require a lot of they don't
0: look hard enough. No. Okay. They're pretty easy. And they we, are beautiful. We grow them every year. We, mm-hmm. Like,
2: always. There are 80%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Allotted for. And it does attract a lot of a lot. beneficial bugs. Here. Just yeah. the like, surface
1: area of, like,
2: you'll always, like bees can year, land on yeah, it quite easily. They are always on mm-hmm. the
0: sunflowers. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Always. Bors is another one yeah. that I bees would mention really as well. They go nuts for. It's like this beautiful, like,
0: and you can actually eat the flowers, and then like pansies, they don't only like go crazy for pansies. But pansies are also an edible flower, so they look good. Great.
1: <laughs> That's important. I yeah. know. it like, is. Oh, no, you I'm want your garden to look. <laughs> you want it to look good. You want it to look on point. Totally.
2: Yeah. yeah. I do. I want it to look beautiful, and sunflowers will make that so perfect. Um, what about harvesting? Do you guys um, have like a system that you do? uh when it comes to harvesting and then cleaning and then or what is the best way to go about it? Obviously depending on your crop. Do you yeah, like what can you give me for tips and things for harvesting?
0: Well depends on like what
2: you're growing, but like so
0: carrots you can harvest after the first frost. They're a little bit sweeter if you wait longer Mm -hmm. for them. Um lettuce you're gonna harvest regularly. Mm -hmm. So once it's mature head of lettuce you're gonna harvest and use it herbs you can just cut and use all season long and then at the end of the year you can harvest it Mm -hmm. when it comes to like harvest time it's usually like before your first frost you want to harvest everything typically some of the root vegetables like carrots will be fine if they do get a bit of frost Mm -hmm and then i would say
1: i would say the one that i find quite prolific is radishes man i think one year i think it was last year actually because of the, the heat that we got i think we got like four four, four really pulls. good pulls yeah. of, of radishes they yeah. they're the so quick tasty. and yeah and they're tasty and, then
0: and so like... you like with radishes you pull your harvest and then like you sow right in and then you will get repeatedly right so you always and even with lettuce like before that head is very mature you could even plant another seed so you know that you're going to get another head of
2: lettuce Mm, just behind it too yeah and then can you um like harvest something before it's already ripened do you know what i mean or and then can will that last longer Mm -hmm. or is it better to do it it's always better to harvest it when it's mature
0: okay um, I mean, to,
2: fair
1: yeah. yes i would say this though like you know tomatoes is an example yeah. of that actually like for example you know you're you're harvesting throughout the year um when they're, obviously when they're ready to go and they're the color the desired color but when mm-hmm. you're looking at the weather channel or wherever you get your weather news um you see that there's a frost covered on wednesday mm-hmm. and you know that your tomato plants aren't going to make it that's gonna give you an indicator that okay, well, regardless of where yeah. they're yeah. at, I should harvest those those tomatoes even and if they're
0: green. Yeah. Even
1: if they're green, it's yeah, because you're in a situation with with you know our Alberta Edmonton climate. Um, our season is quite short, so we have to be ever diligent on that. So
2: for sure, mm-hmm. that must be hard. Just like the weather is always mm-hmm. the yeah. hard part to yeah, figure
1: out yeah. I would I would say like you know your platter box is the constant the weather is the um the variable yeah you have to every year is different last year was insanely hot the year before was insanely right. wet Yeah, so yeah. it's just like you have to uh, roll with the punches and then as you get more mature with your gardening experiences you know You know, you got a wet year, you kind of have an idea of what you're going to expect and Mm -hmm. what kind of yields you're going to get. When you get a hot year, you're going to have an idea of what you're going to expect and what you're going to get.
2: It's really hard and, like, unpredictable weather-wise, too. Mm -hmm. Because if it's really hot, then you have to, like, really, truly maintain it, as in, like, water it Mm -hmm. however many times. Like, how many times do you water if it's really hot? Twice? Twice a day, day, usually. In the early
1: morning and then as the sun's going down, late in the evening? Right. When the sun's going down?
2: And that takes... How long for the size of your beautiful garden? It's, it's an hour ish. <laughs> right. But,
1: but it's but it's not an hour of work. Like people no, are like, it's oh, like, that sounds, that's know, an like that's an hour of us that's an hour of snacking on Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, and then you're and uh, eating peas. But yeah. then yeah. that's what it needs in order for you to yeah. get what you're what you're working the hard the for. Result okay. The result, yeah. yeah, is what you so that's that's the hard unpredictableness, right? Is the weather and like Because if it's super rainy, then what do you do in that situation? You're just hoping for the sun to come out Mm -hmm. and help you out
1: here. Fortunately, when it is heavy rain, um, because it is a raised planter box, um, it will, especially with our design, it's well-drained and you won't waterlog. That's the other thing, too, is like Mm -hmm. if you are planting in the ground and you're in a lower-lying area Mm -hmm. and you get that heavy rain, right? you're going to run into a situation like plants like to be know sufficiently um, sufficient amount of moisture in, around and around the plant but if if they're just saturated, saturated and soaked they're gonna get water waterlogged and
2: root rot yeah. and you're just
1: gonna lose all your effort so that's another thing to
2: consider too. yeah so
0: sad and another point I would say too is journal like make notes about your first garden so part. like when you first plant all these things, document mm-hmm. it like, what, you know, so that you can compare to year, and like you even can reflect at the end, like when did you harvest everything? And right, just, right. Yeah.
1: And it goes back to my other point is referencing the different years, because when you have a journal, you can reference that, you know, if this year was wet or whatever, depending on the quality of your notes and like, mm-hmm. what you've done, you can get, you can, you can reference that and be like, well, with the year that we had this year yeah. to the year that we had three years ago, you'd be like, well... I Know that this is going to be kind of the result that I get. I so. Well,
2: I've seen it, and your guys' garden gets better and better and better and better each year. And yeah. it's mm-hmm. last and year, well too. Yeah, it's year I know as well I'm too, so huh? excited because I have you guys, so yeah. you can help me out when I probably will Absolutely. fail a little bit, you know. Yeah. But
0: so that's part of it, though. Like,
2: yeah, we yeah. failed a lot at the beginning, mm-hmm.
1: and that's a great thing with gardeners. I, I, I haven't known a gardener that doesn't like to give up their resource it's like um it's like when you're around a campfire and you're you're telling stories and you're kind of uh allowing that lineage of of storytelling and and bringing back some kind of like culturally like Mm -hmm. um allowing yourself to continue the the verbal journey right it's the same thing with the gardening uh community is um people love to give knowledge because it's passing on to the next generation absolutely the next level of growers so
2: especially now Mm -hmm. with the world that's we live in we like that it's such an important part of our lives it's almost
1: lost if you think about it because everyone even to our to our extent is like you know early on in our lives that we were reliant on the grocery store and we we didn't have that Mm -hmm. uh resource of someone that could give us that um pass on that knowledge and I think when when you ask for it especially if you know a gardener like I said I I haven't known one to not be willing to teach so
2: yeah yeah. absolutely for sure um any tricks or tips that you could give me as a well obviously you gave me now but any (laughs) last points that you would like to
1: um my biggest one is I, I don't want people to fall in the trap of when they hear words like organic, mm-hmm. and they you know they do half of it right in a sense where they you know they compost, they they uh, they use organic matter to uh, feed the soil. Mm-hmm. But then they decide to go into the big box store and get synthetic fertilizer yeah. <laughs> and then spray it on there thinking that, well, I'm just doing a twofer. I'm going to get twice the <laughs> yield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the reality yeah. in which that will ever be uh, successful. So um, I could list all the ways where that type of ideology and mentality mm-hmm. will ruin you. Just believe me in the sense, and also, obviously people that are listening to this, do your own research, but yeah. don't blend the two. If you're going to go synthetic, go full synthetic, which I don't really recommend. But if you're going to go yeah. organic, go or- fully organic
2: yeah well i mean i've had the vegetables from your garden and it's actually kind of wild tasting vegetables from like like the tomatoes compared to the tomatoes from like the grocery store i'm like this is what a tomato is supposed to to taste like not this right so it's just that's what i'm super excited about it's just it's just being able to like do the hard work and seeing it grow and actually being able to enjoy enjoying it it. and
1: knowing that the food that you're eating is actually nutrient dense because you know what you put into it exactly you know the effort you put
2: into it and the effort and like knowing that I can just that I'm I'm capable of doing it Mm -hmm. right it is intimidating for sure like don't get me wrong I'm a little bit like scared but But it's, but once you get into it, that that will go away. Mm -hmm. It's nerve wracking, right? It's all nerve wracking that I, that I'm obviously going to start it, but also it's like excitement of like getting. 100% yeah. Growing I'm I'm excited for you. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited. I'm excited for you guys to teach me more and I can't wait to show you what my garden's going to look like in the future.
0: I can't wait can't wait to see. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode and we'll definitely
2: have to do maybe a follow-up. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed that.
1: See you guys.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Canadian Growers. If you like what you're hearing, please like, subscribe, and review.